We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everyone and welcome back to another Andor Breakdown. Today we're going to be covering episode 11 and I want to give a big shout out to everybody who was at the watch party last night. I had a great time with you all. So let's get started. With the climactic ending to episode 10, with all of the prisoners escaping, Kino Loy staying back due to his fear of swimming and the guards hiding in fear, we start tonight's episode off immediately as Andor and Melshi, who is the main rebel leader that led the attack on Scarif in Rogue One, hang from the side of the massive cliff as they evade the Empire searching for them. Marva passes away, Cassian's mom, and we see the droid B2EMO very sad. Now, my theory is that B2EMO might have his consciousness put into a K2SO droid, making him the K2SO from Rogue One who hangs out with Cassian. I think this would be a nice little touch, and it would mean a lot more. Marva is taken away to be buried, and then we see some aliens on Narkina. Finally, it's nice to see aliens again in Star Wars. I feel like they belong here. I was hoping to see many more during the prison scenes, however it was just all humans. Cassian and Melshi see a quad jumper ship belonging to the Narkinian aliens, and they run down to try and steal it, when of course they're trapped in a goopy slimy net that the aliens spring on them. Korv, who's the Empire's spy, stakes out Marva's house to see if Cassian comes back, and in doing so begins to question one of the good guys, Cinta, asking her if she knew Marva. Now the Empire has spies everywhere just like Luthen does, and one of these is Korv, who is staking out the house, just sitting outside and waiting and informing the Empire if Cassian were to come home. Daedra is informed of Marva's death, and they're watching his home hoping that he'll come back to pay his respects to his mom or visit the home in general. The show really drives home how callous the Empire is. Dedra almost denies the funeral for Marva, however, she believes it'd probably be a good idea to let people have her funeral and honor her death, hoping that it turns into a big memorial and that Cassian actually attends so that they can capture him. Kind of like a trap. Well, literally like a trap. The ceremony of being bricked after death is also an interesting concept, and this is introduced into this episode into Star Wars as taking the ashes of a deceased person on planet on Ferrix and mixing them with stone dust heated and packed into a brick then put into a wall as a grave. This lets us know that Ferrix has a hometown feel to it and that everyone respects one another for the most part. It's not really a custom on Coruscant as there are trillions of people, I'll tell you that much. The Narkinian aliens talk to one another about how Cassian and Melshi have spoiled their water and land like the Empire did with their prison. A lot of it was kind of hard to understand. They had an interesting way of speaking. It reminded me a little bit of Yoda. They speak of selling each one for a thousand credits to the Empire as escaped convicts would go for a good price. They think Cassian and Melshi are criminals who have hurt people or stolen things, and then all of a sudden they have a change of heart and realize once again that they are escaped convicts of the Empire and release them. I didn't really understand this moment. I thought it was weird how one minute they were adamant about selling the inmates, then they were set free. Perhaps they really don't like the Empire and they realized if these guys escaped, then they're probably our friend. 
Cassian asks to be taken to Niamos and they help him get there, which is great. Really nice aliens. Very helpful. Vel visits Clea, Luthen's assistant, in Luthen's shop, and she's abandoning all the rules by openly speaking about everything Luthen and the Rebellion have been up to. This is super dangerous, super heady, and Vel is tired of all the games. She continues to speak candidly about everything, even against Clea's wishes and warnings. Poor Bix comes out of torture and she's hurt really bad. The Empire shows no mercy. They ask her if she introduced Krieger to Cassian as they bring him up in a hologram, and she remains silent, knowing that they're going to continue the torture methods on her. Now, does she crack or does she get tortured even more? We don't know yet. She stands her ground, it seems, and protects Cassian. She's a very strong character. Mon Mothma and Vel observe Mon's daughter in some sort of cult with her friends, chanting about the ways of the old Trendrillan ways. It was super weird, it seems like almost that she wants everything that Mon doesn't want for her, and Mon tells Vel that she's basically being investigated with her bank accounts. That Tay, her friend, tried to help, but only uncovered more of how in trouble she was. She found a solution, but is cut off when her daughter walks in. Cyril is woken by his mother when the sergeant calls him in the middle of the night to inform him of Cassian's mother's passing in the hopes that Cassian will attend. All eyes are on Marva's home at this point. This is Cyril's chance to capture him and be in Dedra's good graces, hopefully to be hired by the Empire's ISB. Cassian is back on Neomos and finds his box of credits and his blaster that he left atop the shower in the hotel room from before when he was captured. Luthen goes to meet Saw Gerrera, and tensions are high as Saw starts to think Luthen is working for the ISB. This was a really cool scene. He suspects this because he doesn't understand why Luthen knows so much about the ISB and their plans of attack. So Luthen tells him that the ISB is waiting for Krieger and that they should let the ISB capture him. Saw sees this and he doesn't really understand. It raises a lot of red flags for him. Luthen wants the ISB to capture Krieger without telling him and saving him because he wants the ISB be to think the rebellion is sloppy and weak. He's playing the long game. Ultimately, he gives Saw Gerrera the choice of what to do here, and we go to the next scene. Cyril steals his mom's credits and leaves, probably to survey Marva's home. Luthen talks to his assistant, Clea, and they talk in code about what needs to be done when he's intercepted by a massive Imperial Star Destroyer. This is an original concept design for an ISD ship from... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Colin Cantwell, who did a ton of the concept art, a lot of the space concept art for the original trilogy. That's why they called it an Arrestor Cruiser Cantwell class after Colin Cantwell, may he rest in peace. The Empire uses a tractor beam on Luthen's ship, which reminds us, of course, of things that the Empire does, including That's No Moon, how the Millennium Falcon in Episode 4 was sucked into the Death Star via tractor beam and its massive gravitational pull. 
Now, Luthen eventually gets out of there in a really cool way. He uses some shrapnel or little bombs, it looked like shrapnel, that end up getting sucked in by the tractor beam and destroys the actual tractor beam itself, at least one of them, forcing the TIE fighters to hunt him down as we witness how good Luthen is at flying, destroying many of them and then blasting off into hyperspace to safety once he's out of the tractor's pull. Cassian calls his old buddy Zan to deliver a message to his mom, and we get a really sad scene where he's told that Marva has passed. Cassian is shocked. He ends the transmission and goes out to the shore to meet with Melshi as they shake hands and go their separate ways. Only to be reunited, of course, in Rogue One, where we see Melshi take a lot of risks to Cassian's orders, and we now know why. They have been through a lot together, and they definitely trust one another, and they've survived. Melshi talks about telling people about everything that's happened, and I think what's going to happen now is that the prisoners who escaped and survived will go on to tell the press about everything the Empire was doing in the prison, what they were building, and the fact that they were just imprisoning them there with fake sentences to die, just building things until the end of their days. The only issue here for the good guys is that Palpatine controls everything. He controls the press, he controls the news, he controls what goes in or out, and he definitely wouldn't let any of that get out. I like how Cassian didn't tell Melshi about his mother when he was asked if everything's okay. This kind of shows that Cassian is a much more introverted character. He kind of keeps things to himself. He doesn't need to talk so much about his feelings or what he's going through. And I think this makes him a very dangerous man and it makes him a very strong character. In this setting of war where secrets need to be kept. The episode ends with Cassian looking out to a sunset, Melshi leaving, and this was kind of like the episode in episode 3 where Marva was looking out to a sunset, then transitioning to Cassian looking out to a sunset, leaving Ferex with Luthen in episode 3. I thought this was a beautiful little scene, I don't know if you guys caught it, but it really reminds us of Marva, and of course this scene ending with Cassian learning of his mother's death was really poetic in a sense with how they shot it. Overall, this episode had fantastic acting fantastic cinematography, a dark gritty feel that I really enjoyed, but beyond that it really didn't do all that much for me in terms of propelling and progressing the story. There was really just a lot of stuff that could have been done I think in episode 10. We could have had moments in between the prison escape scene that really filled in the gaps here with this episode. I'll be doing a full review of Andor once it's all said and done. That being said, I do like certain aspects of the show. But overall, we have to wait and see until episode 12 is done, until the finale is done, and then I'll give my full thoughts on everything, as well as talk about it more in detail on Nerd Theory on Monday at 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 8 Eastern. Thank you so much for listening to my breakdown. Shout out to everyone on Spotify listening to this right now. I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day. And please let me know in the comments, do you like Andor? Do you not like Andor? Why or why not? And hopefully we can all have a great, productive, and respectful dialogue. Until the next episode, remember, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, the Force will be with you always.